on NRL teams. The Knights scramble for numbers. Oh, I don't think I'll be able to name 21. But is one the only number that counts? Manly fans certainly think so as they hope to turbocharge their season. The master up against the apprentice. Will Kevy pick and stick with his heart? And in their darkest hour, can JT show why he's the greatest cowboy of them all? Hello, welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens. Awesome to have you back with us ahead of round five of the National Rugby League. Couple of greats of the game here to step you through the team sheets this week. Noddy, Robbie Farrar, great to see you both. How we going, Neve? Really well. How about you? Was uh, Easter good? Easter was great. Easter was full of chocolates and, and, and great memories. And I saw a delivery flowers for Easter. <laughs> for yourself? No, for Robbie Farrar at <laughs> the football for, not for not me. For Stadium not Australia for me. yesterday. I'm up there commentating, looking down, and this big bunch of flowers Robbie Farrar is carrying through the through the fans. So obviously, there was like one lucky person who got a beautiful kiss off Robbie and a bunch of flowers. I heard that when you saw me, you thought I was bringing the flowers up to you. I did. And then you were devastated when oh, I gave them to one of our Tigers members. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. Yeah, the yeah. Tigers organised some flowers for yeah. one of our members' 60th, uh, 60th birthday. Yeah. So it was, it was nice. nice and a good atmosphere. Out. Really good, yeah. You know, and I said it when I was out there yesterday. See such a big crowd at the footy was, was just great. It's obviously been a while since we've, we've had crowds of those capacities for a, mm. a club match. You know, Easter Monday, a traditional game that we've, we've played now for almost a decade and it was a really good feel out there. Saw you flash up on the sideline a couple of times, a big smile on your face before <laughs> kickoff, looking like you were loving life. And nice that the ARL Commission obviously listened to you two blokes last week. We discussed the introduction mm. of the 18th man and a couple of concerns that you had heading into the week of consultation that we knew the NRL was going to do. So we've heard today the 18th man will be introduced this weekend for instances where three players fail an HIA or when a player suffers uh, a match engine injury due to foul play, mm -hmm. which is an issue that you yeah. raised last mm -hmm. weekend, Noddy. Yeah, and if they don't need any other rules fixed throughout the year, they can just let us know <laughs> on a Tuesday. Yeah, we'll we'll come it, up with the outcome yeah. and they can have their meeting and then come up with the decision that we made on the Tuesday before. But um, I'm obviously always concerned that coaches will look at ways of manipulating the rules and having the best interest of the rules for their own player. Um, I think if an act of foul play should always be part of a, an unearthed man thought of. Um, if three players fail HIA, which again, HIA is something that's come into the game only, I think, six years ago it was for player wellbeing. So it's great we're looking after our players. We don't want them to have to think they've got to stay out there because they don't have a replacement. But I think they've come up with the right outcome. I'm happy in some regards if it's not an emerging player. It's nothing's going to change. And the traditional 18th man that would normally walk up and ca uh, warm up in case there's an injury, he's going to warm up. Yep. But he's going to also stay kitted up in case something happens in the game. And one concern, Robbie, that you raised last week was that with the focus on the HIAs alone and not foul play, it might not be something that we see in action very often. Are you happy yeah. with where they've landed? Yeah, definitely. I think you know, we've obviously raised it for a few weeks now, the fact that they missed an opportunity there by not allowing it for foul play. Uh, you know, the team that benefits from that is a, is a team that they, that they play the following week. And um, I think now they've got it right. And the fact that they've, they've ruled out uh, just an emerging player, can be any player, shows that I think we'll see this more regularly. I think it, they, they, they provided the other rule for the emerging player because I don't think they expected it to happen too often with three players going down for a HIA. Whereas now with the foul play rule, I think you'll see the 18th man come into action a lot. We'll see it in action this weekend. Let's have a look back at your predictions from <laughs> round four and see whether the gents got it right. Well, I'm going to double down on the Bulldogs and I'm going to say I think the Rabbitohs will, will rack up 50 against them. So I can't see where they're going to score points from and the Rabbitohs are just red hot at the moment. Six tries to more. I think he's been perfect with the boot, hasn't he? Uh, me, 
Manly Dogs and Cowboys will remain winless, but I'm going to say Luke Brooks will kick a full goal on Easter Monday to seal victory for the Wolves. I would love that. 14 points, the final margin. Parramatta, they just roll off. Look, we've given you half points. Yeah, both but... close. Yeah, both yeah, close. Both close. We're much we're half's better than none. Normally, yeah. we're none. We're, we're, yeah. we're improving. It it's is, only taken us a year and a half. It's a serious improvement. What about the Bulldogs, Robbie? I feel yeah. for them there wasn't 50 points, thankfully, as you had predicted, but that 0-8 yeah. that you predicted a couple of weeks ago, yeah. ultimately that bet is still on. It is, unfortunately, and they're struggling, obviously, three games now with, with no points mm. uh, to the tally. And Look, they're, they're trying. The effort's there, and you do feel sorry for them, even as a, a neutral supporter. Uh, you feel sorry for them because they are trying, but unfortunately they just haven't got the quality at the moment and uh, it's going to take them some time to turn it around. The other two teams that are on zero as well, Cowboys I think play Manly round seven. There's a chance all three of these sides are going to be none from seven. I want to ask mm. you a bit more about that later in the program. Let's talk positives and yes. get your three, two and one from round four. Yeah, again, some, some great games of football, yeah. some really entertaining. Uh, my one point went to Reid Marnie. I think he's controlling the game very, very well. Come up with a great kick and some good passes selection. Cody Walker, literally playing touch football was on, <laughs> on the other night. Uh, he gets my two points. He had a bit cranky pills. But <laughs> he's, he's always like, on the cranky pills. He's always pills, on the cranky maybe. pills. But, uh, and Nathan Cleary back for Penrith. He got my three points. I thought he was, he was great. They're going great. They're improved from last year's performance. Uh, great kicking game. Um, comes up and again plays footy at the right time as soon as they win and play the ball he's over the advantage line he wants to get the ball in his hand and he challenges the opposition and he's just a freak at the moment number of freakish players though throughout round four robbie who are you going for yeah, with i've got three three, three completely different players but i've got one point at Tarek sims i thought he was outstanding for yeah. the dragons and sure. and really led them to a victory up there in newcastle my two points was damian cook um we spoke about cody walker but i think a lot of the stuff cody walker did on the weekend was off the back of uh damian cook's running game it was great to see because he's so dangerous when he's running the ball and and my three points went to ryan pappenhausen he for me, he's the most exciting player to watch in the game at the moment, and he just blew that game apart in, in 15 minutes on Thursday night. It was incredible, wasn't it? I reckon yeah. we're going to talk Pap a little bit more on the show today, but we want to hear your 3, 2 and 1 as well. We've got the trading cards yes. to give away. Yeah. A whole box oh. of trading cards, in fact, is up for grabs. So head on to the NRL.com Facebook page. Let us know who your 3, 2 and 1 is from round four, and a whole box of trading cards could be yours. Both Robbie and Noddy managed to find themselves last week here on the desk. Yeah, we're, so yeah, okay. yeah. Keep was a not, look out we, I went to a black and white one yeah, myself. I was about to say, black and white one and Noddy here, so... Oh, uh, look, he's back. And you can also head yeah. to your Ampol and Caltech yeah. service stations to buy your trading cards as well. Good to see the trading cards back. All right, as the countdown to four o'clock continues, I think we are just about there and we can have a look at our first game of round five. Thursday night footy, Rabbitohs up against the Broncos at Stadium Australia. You can, of course, see it live on 9KO, Foxtel, Sky Sport and Watch NRL. And for the home side, informed playmaker Cody Walker is out. A one-week ban for striking. So, as expected, Benji Marshall will move into that number seven jersey. Kian Kaloa Matangi will be missing for two weeks for a crusher tackle. So, Jacob Host comes onto the left, ed left edge. And Dean Hawkins will likely make his NRL debut off the bench. For the visitors... Richard Kenna 
has been named at centre after Herbie Farnworth was ruled out with shoulder soreness. He's on his way back to Brisbane to continue treatment. Tom Dearden was a late inclusion last weekend. He maintains his position in the halves with Brodie Croft in jersey 14. Tavita Pangai Jr. starts with Patrick Carrigan, who's out for a crusher tackle, and John Asiata comes on to the bench. All right, let's talk about the Rabbitohs' spine to begin with because you mentioned them in your 3-2-1, two, two different players from the Rabbitohs' spine, but they've been absolutely on fire. Benji Marshall, does he slot straight into that system, Robbie? Yeah, I think so. He's obviously had a taste of it in the first four, ga- uh, four games of the season. He understands how they're playing. He's, he's shifted around at times uh, from that lock four position. He came on in the halves uh, one game as well. So, look, he's an experienced campaigner as well. Uh, yeah, he'll slot in with no, no worries at all. Adam Reynolds will run the side. Damian Cook will get the forwards around as he did on the weekend and, and explode when he you know, gets a quick play of the ball and, and Benji will play off the back of that. They've been, you know, they play a bit of a different style, obviously Benji and Cody Walker. Yeah, Cody Walker's that ad-lib, and again, the left edge, but they're, they're two reasonably big outs for South. Like, it's Cody Walker and, and the back row are missing. I think he's been one of their best players as well. So, I'm not saying that Brisbane are a chance of beating them or an upset, but that, mm. that changes... The dynamics of the team, the style of the team. Benji Marshall's yeah. been so well, good as Jersey 14 coming on and making that impact when the mm. game was on the line as well. So yeah. it all changes a little bit. It does. And look, Cody Walker's in such great form. Yeah. It's always going to be hard to replace a player that's that's red hot. And uh, you know, Benji will come in. He's, he's not going to try play like Cody Walker. Benji's got his own style. So you know, the team needs to adapt around that. While we're talking halves, I want to ask you about the Brisbane halves combination. We saw Tom Dearden, a late inclusion, a tough job at Amy Park last weekend. Kevy has stuck with him in the halves this weekend. How important is that, Noddy, moving forward for a young player like Tom Dearden to feel that he has the coach's backing to make this position his own and to build some confidence in the role? Yeah, it's very, very important. But does he have the coach's backing? Because if you look on Jersey 14, you've got Brodie Croft sitting on the bench. So my concern for that is that Tom Dearden, you know, if he makes a mistake, does he look to the sideline to see if Brodie Croft has an interchange card in his hand? There's a little bit of pressure still mm. on the young kid that, that Brodie Croft's been named at Jersey Footed. I think the kid's the star of the future. He's certainly going to be the halfback that'll take the Broncos out of this tough period into a good period. Um, but I, I, I'm not quite sure if he's got 100% full support because I just think the Brodie Croft Jersey 14 just still puts him on a little bit of notice that he has to play good and play great and do everything well for us at such a young age. That's a big ask. So take us into Tom Dearden's head then, Robbie, because it's fine to play Ducks and Drakes with us, right? Keep mm. us guessing. But what does that do to the player himself? Yeah, again, I like Noddy. I think it, you know, whilst it shows confidence in him by giving him the starting jumper, I think there's also, a, a, you know, not a lot of confidence because he has picked uh, Brody Croft on the bench. And, and like Noddy said, you know, Tom Dearden's out there worrying about making mistakes. If he makes a mistake, OK, am I, I going to get hooked because we've got someone you know, on the bench just in case? I would have liked to have seen Kevy just start you know, with Tom Dearden and and leave Brodie Croft out of the side and say, you know, you're, you're our seven, you're going to play 80 minutes this week. It's not very often that you change your halfback during a game. Your halfback's there to control the side for 80 minutes. So, you know, I'd, I would have liked to have seen Brodie Croft left out and just given the young kid the reins of the team. We love talking about any Wayne Bennett clash mm. against the Broncos, don't we? Over 630 games in charge of the Brisbane side. Does Wayne Bennett up against his former assistant coach in Kevy Walters, does it add a little bit of extra spice to the clash? No, oh, it's the apprentice versus the master, isn't it? Obviously, Kevy Walters was such a, Queens, a player for the Brisbane Broncos. Mm. Probably, he won three grand finals, I possibly think, under Wayne Bennett as the Broncos coach. Uh, mentored him extremely well. Um, would have taken a lot from being coached by, by, by Wayne, but I th- 
it'd be a little nice little battle. Knowing the cheekiness of Kevy Waters, he always seems to have the laugh and the giggle. I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he might have he'll be in the wane a little bit if he could with a mucking around if they get a victory mm. um, about the old coach and a bit of bits of this. But uh, it's a tough challenge. Like obviously. Kevy's under enormous pressure. You know, they wanted an old boy back running the fortress for the Brisbane Broncos. They've got an old boy back. Uh, they've just got to stand there and support him through the tough times. We'll see how that one plays out. All right, let's head to Friday night footy, shall we? And 6pm kickoff on Friday night with the Warriors up against the Sea Eagles at Central Coast Stadium for the home side. A five-day turnaround from that clash with the Roosters. Adam Fanua-Blake is out with a knee injury that forced him off in the first half. So Lisa Armau will start. Bunty Afoa out after being cited for a shoulder charge. Torhu Harris moves into the front row and Jack Murchie in the second row. And a new look bench, Tom Arler and Josh Curran joining Kane Evans, who's looking to make his club debut. For the visitors, a leg complaint kept Dylan Walker off the field at the end of the game against Penrith, but he has been named at fullback. Moses Suley came off after copping a knee to the back on the weekend. Morgan Harper will take his place in the centres. Morgan Boyle out for an extended period after dislocating his shoulder, so a return to the starting side for Jack Koshevsky and Toff Sipley comes onto the bench. Looking to make his NRL debut, worth noting Ben Trebojevic has been named in jersey number 21. Some good news for the Warriors announced today, a positive for plenty of people, that is for sure, with the Trans-Tasman bubble, the New Zealand government announcing to introduce it later this month. We've heard from the Warriors, though, as well. They've said it will not change their plans from now. Round 16 is still their planned first home game at Mount Smart Stadium. Nadia, I want to ask you about the Warriors. After four rounds, they've got the top completion rate yep. in the competition so far. Obviously, we know how important possession is in the game this year. How do they turn that great stat into points and ultimately into Ws? Yeah, well, it's very, very important because I think they're one of the biggest sides in the competition. So, again, with the six-to-go rule, if you're quite large, you're going to be fatigued very, very quickly if you have to do lots of defence. Um, the key is the, the 9, 7 and the 6. Um, you know, in some regards, they've never had a really high quality... We had Sean Johnson there for a number of years, but they didn't have this forward pack. They didn't have the big outside backs, and they probably and they had a little bit of Roger Tulvashashek throughout Sean's time, but really important that they get a bit creative. You know, you can't just hold the hold the weight of possession, wait till you get down the field and just have an, just a charge over try to actually win a game of football. That's not selling a brand. That's not selling, come and play for us. It's all this exciting time. So they've got to be a little bit careful. If a high completion rate's great, but a high completion rate, moving the ball around, asking a few questions and being creative is a much better product than just hold the ball and crash over for a try. So um, they'll get that, I think, with Nathan Brown as a coach. I think he's a really high-quality coach. It comes up with some great tactics. So the key is to get the 9, 6 and 7 to be a bit more creative and use the size and power of that big pack of forwards because they're going to win some play the balls and mm. they only get lots of six to go calls. We were hoping from a manly perspective to see Tommy Turbo named in the 21, maybe even named back at fullback or indeed in the centres this week. That hasn't happened. We'll wait and see next week for Tommy Turbo's return. But another Trebojevic makes his way into the 21. Ben Trebojevic, 19-year-old, but big raps on him as a player, Robbie. What stage are we at with Manly? Can you see Desi throwing him into the mix this weekend to try and add something a bit different? Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, you're not going so well, so you want to make changes, but then also, do you want to throw a kid into a side that's really underperforming at the moment. It's it's you know, really tough on that kid coming into a team that's not going so well. Um, so whether he holds him back uh, for a little bit, I'm not too sure. But for me, again, for Manly, I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, they need more out of their senior players. You know, you're not going to... Even if Tommy... Uh, sorry, Ben Trebojevic did come into the team, 
he's a kid. You're not going to expect him to come in and be a game changer or a game winner for them. That's going to come from their senior players. You know, we've mentioned them in the in the last few weeks and you know, they're underperforming at the moment. So, you know, they need to lead the way and show these young guys how to get a win. So who does need to really fire up this pack? Oh, Marty Tapao's a leader. Oh, and obviously, I've been unfortunate given the news that you can look elsewhere. So it's hard when you mm. want to be the leader and you get told you're the leader and then you go, hey, can we sell you to someone else? So yeah. it's, it's a tough act to follow. But um, you got Jake Javoyevich, Marty Tapao. Um, again, the captain's going to fall under a fair bit of this as well. He's been there for a long, long time. Mm. He's a, a highly quality player. They're out of form. They're out yeah. of confidence. They're lacking troops. They're, they're coming up against a, a pretty good side and, and a big side. So... As I think you've heard Des say, they'll get through it. It's just they're going through a horrendously tough period at the moment. He's got faith that all these kids coming through are going to be the future saviours, but you're going to have to wait. The, the concerning thing for me was the vision behind the trial line of, of Jake Trapojevic trying yeah. to you know, really lay down the law to some of the players, and there were eyes just wandering yeah. everywhere. You know, he didn't, you know, they weren't in a huddle. They weren't connected. Uh, and for me, when, you, when you're losing and, and that starts to happen, that's a real concern. Well, that's how Friday Night Footy will start this weekend. Let's head to the second game of Friday Night Footy because it could be the match of the round. The Panthers hosting the Raiders at Bluebet Stadium. Can Ricky Stewart orchestrate the Panthers' first loss of the season? No changes for the home side, who will be celebrating their 91 Premiership win over the Raiders on Friday night. A heap of their former Premiership winning players will be there. Stephen Crichton has named again at fullback after a pretty positive start to his career in that position last week. Viliami Kikau passed his game day HIA. He's been named looking to continue the incredible partnership he's forming with Jerome Luai on that left edge. For the visitors, Josh Papali'i is back in the starting side with Ryan James moving to the bench. Ryan Sutton moves to prop with Dunamis Louis dropping out of the 17 and Josh Tarpanay makes his comeback from that ankle injury. Mentioned Jerome Luai there, Noddy. He's been remarkable this season. We've often talked about him as a bit of a supporting act in the halves for the Panthers. Is he the form 5'8 in the competition at the moment? Oh, there's a gentleman called Cody Walker that might have a little <laughs> bit to say to it. And also, it's a great challenge for him because the 5'8 he's playing against is Jack White, who won the Dally M last year. So yeah. it's a great opportunity for a young kid. He was, you know, he went so well for Penrith last year and, as you said, emerged from nowhere and he became the shadow for Nathan Cleary. Then he went into emerging origin camp. He sat around the Blues for a period of time. Uh, he started this year on absolute fire. Um, they've, they've developed even more attacking flair, the Penrith side, and now he comes up against Jack White and at his own backyard on a big celebration for mm. Penrith on, on Friday night. So it's a, it's a great night for Jerome. He's a wonderful player, a ball of energy. Um, and he, again, he gets to test himself against the best in the game from last year in Jack Whiten. Pretty awesome singing voice as well. Good to see such no. a character in our game. <laughs> what about the Raiders? You've mentioned them a couple of times there. 47% of possession against the Titans last weekend, but a massive defensive effort. How important is that going to be after what we've just mm, talked about, yeah. such a potent Panthers side? Yeah, well, they're just a tough footy side, the Raiders. They, um, you know, sometimes they're not at their best, but they just find ways to win. And, um, you know, they've been doing it now for a couple of seasons. We spoke about them last year where you know, they had some really tough injuries to some key players and we expected them to, to fall in a heap after that. But, you know, they just kept performing and, and they made it deep into the, into the season. And the way they've started this year, I don't think they've hit their straps yet uh, this year. I don't think they've played their best footy, but they just find ways to win. And, and I'm expecting 
Rick is going to have them prime for this week because you know they'll look at Penrith and, and they'll see them as one of the Premiership favourites and they'll want to make a statement this week. George Williams would probably argue that he hasn't hit his straps this year. He knows he can take his game to the next level. Is this a chance up against a bloke like Nathan Cleary to really make a statement? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I think it's a massive chance for the Canberra side. Like, they've won two games back-to-back with just their toughness and their mm. aggression and their willingness to fight and hang in there. I, would, I agree they haven't played great yet. The Penrith side has conceded 16 points in four matches. They're the best in the competition. The Roosters are second on 48. So who does that go back to? It goes to the, the forward battle is going to be great between these two sides. You're right. Josh Hodgson um, and George Williams are the two guys that have got to be more creative against Penrith because they're not going to give you an easy try. They're not going to say, oh, you guys have a couple of points and we'll come from behind and we'll see if we can beat you. It's sort of not how the NRL works. So I think it's going to be really, really important for George Williams to have one of his best games. Certainly his kicking games going to be important. He's got to be creative. They've got to ask some questions. The clunkiness of the Raiders the last few weeks has to disappear and they've got to be, they've certainly got to be right on fire to, to beat Penrith. Even to score two tries against Penrith is going to be a big challenge. Cannot wait for that one on Friday night. Let's head to Super Saturday, though, now. The 3 o'clock kickoff with the Gold Coast Titans hosting the Newcastle Knights at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. For the home side, centre Brian Kelly makes his comeback from a hand injury. Anthony Don is out with that hip complaint, hopefully only for one week. Philip Sammy moves to the wing. Jamal Fogarty has been named despite that cork. He'll be given up until game day to prove his fitness. Ash Taylor has been named in Jersey 21. Could return after missing the last couple of games with a broken hand. For the visitors, the Knights injury crisis continues with 12 out of 29 contracted players on the injury list. But there's some relief for Adam O'Brien in the form of Kalen Ponga who comes in at fullback for his first game of 2021. No Mitchell Pearce, no Kurt Mann. Means there's a new halves pairing. Connor Watson at 5'8 and Blake Green at halfback. David Clemmer has been named after scans cleared him of a serious knee injury on the bench. Chris Randall and Basami Solo are set to play their first games this season and Brody Jones returns. Right, there's a bit to get through from a Knights perspective, but let's start with the Titans, shall we? Because they just missed that finishing touch against the Raiders. A good game, so much pressure built, but just couldn't get across the white stripe. When you think about the fact that they could potentially be without Fogarty and without um, Ash Taylor this weekend, where do they get that from? Mm. I think they would have taken a lot of lessons out of last week's game, to be honest. They obviously came up against a better quality opposition than they have in, in the previous couple of weeks. And you know, as you said, they created some chances, but, uh, but obviously couldn't get the win in the end. But they'll look at that game and they'll see the opportunities they did create and they'll see how or where they need to be better to match it with these top sides. And uh, as you said, this week's another challenge because you know, Fogarty might be out. Uh, Ash Taylor's still out of the side as well. So you know, Tanner Boyd, I'll see a young kid who's who's been starting in the halves. Yeah, he needs to step up. And uh, yeah, Brimson at the back, Mitch Rain at dummy half, who's a seasoned campaigner now. I'm not, sure, not too sure who will come into the halves mm. you know, if Fogarty is out. But um, again, you'd, you'd need those senior players around them to, to protect whoever comes in and, and try and come up with a win. New halves pairing for the Knights, and we saw just how many changes they've got to their team sheet there. What does that many injuries for a side this early in the season mean for the Knights' finals hopes? Well, 
we won't say they're over because we've seen sides play a lot better when they and just be courageous. But it puts a huge hole on them. The last two losses for the Newcastle Knights have been extremely poor losses as well. Like they had Mitchell Pearce three hundredth game to get up for. They lost to the Dragons, uh, not to the Dragons, the Tigers. to the Tigers, and then they they had the Coal Miners jersey on last week. Alex McKinnon Cup, and I know some key injuries hurt, you know make this game available for the Dragons to win. But they've had back to back losses which they wouldn't have anticipated when they look at the draw, and now they lose their halfback for a long long time. They've got some injury concerns. Blake Green was on the bench last week. They left, didn't put him on until about 20 minutes ago. So there's, there's like when Mitchell Pearce went off, I was like, oh, they've got Blake Green. Great choice. Mm. They didn't put him on. So does that mean he's not quite ready yet as well? So uh, a little bit of pressure on the Newcastle club. Uh, they certainly need to start winning because you can't fall down the bottom of the roster and just rely on winning late games. Kalen Ponga will give any football side a lot of confidence, mm. um, but you can't expect him to come back from his surgery and his time off and go, mate, just come and do everything for us. He can't be the solver of all ills. How do they <laughs> no. use Kalen Ponga best? He, he's not going to be the solver, but he does give confidence to those around him, having him back. And I think, you know, when you when you lose Mitch Pearce and Kurt Mann and you can bring in a Blake Green and a Connor Watson, they're both guys with a lot of NRL experience. You're not throwing kids in there. So you'd like to think they could still handle uh, the changes and, and be able to direct this team around the park. And I think for those two halves coming in, the fact that Kalen Ponga is at the back now as well will definitely help them. All right, let's head to the 5.30 kickoff on Saturday afternoon, shall we? And a big job for Trent Barrett's Bulldogs up against the Melbourne Storm. Let's look at the home side first. A number of changes as Trent Barrett has rearranged the deck chairs as he looks to break his side's scoring drought. Dallin Watene Zelezniak is back from suspension at fullback. Nick Cottridge moves to the familiar spot on the wing and Corey Allen comes into the centres. After missing last week through injury, Jake Avarillo will play 5.8. And there's two key inclusions to the Dogs pack. Luke Thompson plays his first game of the year and Josh Jackson returns at lock. For the visitors, Felice Kafusi is back from suspension, so Tom Eisenhuth moves to the bench. Nelson Asafa Solomona will start with Tui Kamakamitha moving back to the bench. Harry Grant and Branko Lee have both been named in the Storm's 21 as they inch closer to their returns from injury. For the Bulldogs first, Noddy, what is a pass mark? in this one and how does Trent Barrett convince his players this week that they can go out against the storm and get a win? You've got to be the best storyteller in the world, don't you? <laughs> That's what the coach has got to do. Like how, do yeah. how do you sugarcoat that they haven't been able to yeah. score a point in, in this year's competition? They've been blown off the park. They're playing the Melbourne Storm who have got some players back that have hit their straps. Um, I don't know. And, that's, and Trent Barrett's probably starting to really learn very quickly what being an NRL head coach mm. is like compared to being an NRL assistant coach in one of the best teams in the competition that scores 1,000 points. So uh, it's going to take a lot of time. They are rebuilding. Uh, it's a massive challenge. Um, he's got to try and find some positives in, every, in, 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 in all three games or four games that they've played now and try and say, OK, if we can maintain that for a bit longer, we'll be OK. If we can do it for a bit longer. The player's got to know that as a player, you, you go on extreme report, you're playing the Melbourne Storm. You know if you mm. put a poor performance in, you're going to be really embarrassed. So your own pride gets you to the match and, yeah. you, and you've got to compete. Well, I think they almost need to throw caution to the win this week. I don't think they can go into a game and grind out a win yeah. against the Melbourne Storm. Uh, I'm not an NRL coach and I, I don't envy Trent Barrett's situation mm. at the moment. But, look, if I was there, I'd say, look, go out and play footy. Offload, pass the ball, throw it around. Yeah. You know, try to come up with some points and enjoy yourself. Because if they're going to go out there, you know, five hit-ups, kick to the corner, you know, try and play Melbourne Storm footy against the Melbourne Storm, they're, they're not going to win. So, yeah, for me, I almost think he's just got to throw caution to the win this weekend. 
and keep a very close eye on Ryan Pappenhausen at mm. all times, keeping within arm's reach. Broke your 1980 point scoring record on the weekend with 24 first oh. half points. You were clearly living and breathing that throughout the game. Is he the Storms? 1980? Not no, how old no, you are. No, 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 no. Sorry. I had my suspicions you were that old. That was not even an intention. That was the black and white player cards that just come out. Copper from both sides now. Is he the Storms? main man? Yeah, definitely. He was, you know, he's, he's taken the role of the fullback and made it his own very, very well. The role of a fullback, as soon as you start winning some quick play the balls, especially with the six-to-go rule, he's got to be in and around the ruck. As soon as one player made a line break, perhaps was there to score. So, you know, what I was, I'm going to be a little bit disarm, a little bit angry at him. 24 points at halftime, four tries. The Lynn, five players have scored four tries in the Melbourne Storm's history. I'm sitting there with my children watching one of my girls is a Ryan Pappenhausen fan and I was like, five tries would be pretty good. He put the cue in the rack. <laughs> Pat put the cue in the rack at half time. After 11 uh, goals. Yeah, it was, I'm done, guys. I'm, I'm about yeah. and they, You know, they're, they're going to get better. You know, we, we keep mucking around and joking that, that this competition so spread. Branko Lee, Queensland representative, Harry Grant named on the bench. They're, Dale Finucane's the only player that Currently, you're not seeing in a roster that would be a part of their starting roster. They're starting to get back to full strength, which is going to be a scary sight. And you know, he's probably he probably is the key for Melbourne Storm because he can score off the forwards, he can kick goals. He doesn't, you know, Cameron Munson makes a line break. He's there. He's now the ball player at the end of some of the set plays. And just seems to loom up out of nowhere as well, which I'm sure is a frightening enough prospect for the doggies yeah. heading into this one. Let's head to the final game um, on Saturday evening. The Roosters up against the Sharks at the SCG for the home side. Trent Robinson has been able to name an unchanged 17 from last weekend. Haven't been able to say that many times this season. Satili Tupanua has been named. He does need to pass his HIA test this week to be available. Daniel Saluka Fafidi is available again after suspension. He's been named in Jersey 18. Let's look at the visitors. They were short on outside backs against the Cowboys. Jesse Ramian is back from a three-week suspension and Connor Tracy goes back to the bench. Josh, Josh Dugan has been named after failing his HIA. He'll be monitored this week. Ronaldo Mulatalo has been named despite leaving the field early with a knee injury. Let's talk Sam Walker and that debut to begin with because one of the elements that impressed me most was that he didn't overplay his hand. He seemed so calm, so in control. He didn't try to do too much. Yeah. You rate him as a player in a serious way. What did you make of his debut? He was so good. And he's the best young halfback in the country. Uh, he's from a rugby league family. His dad played, his two uncles played, he's been around it for a long, long time, so rugby league's not new to him. Um, you're right, Victor Radley took a lot of the game management the first 20 minutes, he sat back, he waited, he got himself into the game, and the more the game flowed on, the better he looked, he looked so comfortable, uh, as a, I think he's a star of the future. You know, I made a comment that in this team around him, he's got seven players who have played for their country. So he's got help. It's mm. not like you're throwing him, you know, in some regards, I'd hate to throw, I wouldn't throw him into a Canterbury side right now at a young kid's a young mm. age because he's going to be scarred. You throw him into that side with all those people around him, it, it's a bit better. Yeah. I think defensively too, he was really strong, which mm. impressed me. And that was always going to be the challenge yeah. for him. He's, he's only a really small body. Uh, you know, halfbacks are generally quite small. He's really small <laughs> for a halfback. And you know, he got some extra attention, but he handled it, um, you know, pretty well, think, I thought. Think his development, like, so he's an 18-year-old kid. So he's played SG ball two years ago. 
Last year, COVID affected... They played two games of football. So he didn't play any games of football last season. year. Yep. And then he's played two or three games of, of um, knock-on effect cup. And now, now he's playing out a role. So he's gone from playing against boys to playing against men on the biggest stage there is in the world. Mm. And handle it with ease. And good, a good to see. Good crowd, good atmosphere there yeah. at the SCG as yeah. well on Sunday night. What about the Sharkies and in particular their fullback Will Kennedy? Five tries in four games comes up against this weekend, arguably the best fullback in our game. How does he approach mm. that contest? Yeah, they were outstanding last week. The Sharks say you know the game was over by half time and you know, they played some of the best attacking football I've seen them play in a long time. And, and they'll get stronger this week with some experience back in the outside backs with you know Dugan and Ramian coming back in as well. So uh, another you know a challenge as well this week, you know, uh, especially in the outside backs, I think when you look at how well the Roosters back five have been going, you've got Tedesco, the Morris brothers who, who just keep getting better with age. Um, you know, Joseph Manu as well so uh, it's a great challenge for, for the back five of the Sharks this week against some quality opposition. Alright let's head to Sunday afternoon footy and the 4.05pm kick off with the West Tigers taking on the North Queensland Cowboys, the home side first no AJ Capoa on the wing for Michael Maguire's side so Tommy Talao shifts to the wing and Moses Embai starts in the centres, Michael Cheekham comes onto the bench for just his second NRL match of the season for the visitors, a number of changes. Kyle Felt is back from suspension. So Murray Taolangi moves to the left wing. Hammer Tabuai Fido in the centres with Justin O'Neill dropping out after that failed HIA. Some good news for Cowboys fans. Jason Taumalolo is back. Josh Maguire moves to the bench and Corey Jensen drops out of the 17. Robbie, it feels like at the moment the Tigers, they're a real momentum-based side. We saw it again on Monday night, and I know you were there and you had front row seats. What does Madge do about that to try and, in, and get them playing for that full 80 minutes and not have that ground to make up? Yeah, that's, that's obviously been the challenge now for a couple <laughs> of years, to be honest. Yeah. But, look, I think there's been some really good signs in the opening you know, part of the season. Obviously, we've only had the one win, but... I think at times during the game, we've looked really well. And look, and it's a matter of, you know, the players... Under, like, there's a lot of new players at the Tigers. It's a completely different side this year. So it's a new spine when you look at you know, Jacob Little, who's been out for a long time. You know, Adam Dewey's moved from one to six. Dane Laurie's coming to the team now. So I think with each week, the team's going to get better and better. As Noddy said, we, I think we completed at 90-odd percent yeah. you know, last week against Para, but... We didn't throw too much at them in, in attack. Yeah. When Moses Sembai came into the, the game at lock forward, I thought that really opened up our game and he became a link man in the middle and we started to play a bit more footy and looked a bit more dangerous. So, look, I think our style, I think we're still trying to identify what our style is, um, but I'm really excited about you know, where this team can go, to be honest. Uh, I think there's a lot of good signs. Up against the Cowboys, and Cowboys fans will be hoping for some good signs from their team. Jason Talmalolo is back. How does Todd Payton use him this weekend? Well, he definitely makes sure his effort is at 100%. He makes sure he ties in. He makes sure he makes all these tackles. He makes sure he does all the actions that the coach is accountable for holding because he put him on notice after round one. So you can't back down now and can't sort of cuddle him in some regards and say, oh, so, you know, OK, we're, we're, we're struggling here. So it's a good sign. Like, they need something. They need a big loose, a big lift. Um, the starring players back, he'll make a difference for him. You know, for the halves even, for example, he'll win three or four play the balls each half. So they're going to have some ability to play off the back of. Mm. Does it create the spark that they're looking for? They were blown off the park in the first half last week by the Sharks. They've been poor defensively. Um, 
what hope you have? Well, he's back in your side, and you can you can sell the light from that. It's a tough ask. You know, Todd Payton is the former Tigers great as well, so he's had some great memories at Leichhardt Oval, so he'll be looking forward to going back. Suburban ground, everything to sell by. But... Um, very curious where the Cowboys are at the moment because there's lots of change required that the coach is asking for and he's selling a few players and they've been put all on notice but um, Tamaloa is the biggest scalp and he put him on notice so I think we see a response from him. We'll see on Sunday afternoon, that is for sure. Let's have a look at Sunday evening now. The 6.15pm kickoff with the Parramatta Eels up against the St George Illawarra Dragons. The home side, Bryce Cartwright, will make his much-anticipated Eels debut after returning from a broken jaw in New South Wales Cup yesterday. The former Titan hasn't played in the NRL since Round 9 last year. That forces Ray Stone out of the Eels 17. He's joined on the reserves list by Keegan Hipgrave with Ryan Madison named to return. Back row was a late scratching on Easter Monday after that concussion. For the visitors, big name signing. Jack Bird is back in the centres for the Dragons. Biggest test so far in season 2021. Despite his return from a one-match ban, Braden Williami has held on to a spot in Anthony Griffin's 17. He's on the bench while Jackson Ford drops back to the reserves. Noddy. Mitch Moses, to begin with, really took the ball to the line, controlled play. Have you seen a change in him this season? Well, yeah, I, I think it's been coming for 18 months. We know that Andrew Johns is working at Parramatta now. We know last year they put a lot of time and, and effort into his game management and his ability not to blame others when things went wrong. Um, and we've seen that maturity. Uh, I think Brad Arthur has been credited for having a pretty honest conversation with him. And, yeah, the first four rounds this year, like, Parramatta are genuine contenders to win this competition. They're one of the two sides that are still undefeated this year. Um, the nine, the seven, the six and the one are all playing the house down, which is a good sign. And he's got time. He's coming up with really controlled, patient decisions, good kicking game. Um, Again, it helps. He's not the main man, which helps him a lot. You know, Junior Polo is the biggest halfback in the competition. Nathan <laughs> Brown plays a bit of ball playing as well. So they're all doing their job. They're doing extremely well. And as you said, against the West Tigers, defensively, they were, they were very good as well. They didn't look like there was any chinks in the armour. So they're going very well. And it, it helps as a halfback if you've got all good things happening around you because you've got so much more time. What about for the Dragons, Robbie? Three wins on the trot coming into this one. Is this where we really find out how much has changed under Anthony Griffin, where they're at? Yeah, I think so. I think, look, they've obviously had three wins in a row and it's great. They've been playing good footy. Um, the biggest thing, I think, as a Dragons fan, when you're looking at your side, they're playing with a lot of effort and a lot of desire. Uh, and that's something that probably hasn't been there for the last couple of seasons. And But again, you're right. They, look, let's put things in a, in a perspective. They've, they've beaten the Cowboys, they've beaten Manly who are both winless, uh, and then they've beaten the Knights last week who were depleted with injuries. So, yeah, this week's a step up, and I think we'll get a good guide this week as to how well the Dragons are actually going. Anthony Griffin's got a great... Like, last week, they were really tough. They ripped into Newcastle at the start of the game. They met the physicality. They got help with some of the injuries. Tarek Sims had his best game for a long time, so that gives you confidence. You get Jack Bird back. Um, Zach Lomax is in really good form. Um, Corey Norman, who plays against his former club that moved him on, so... If I'm Anthony Griffin, I'm just letting my team go to the training this week, bounce around, feel good about themselves because I shouldn't have to coach them. We talk about what happened to them in the charity shield. Like, there's a lot of coaching required. Now they're flying. That's how you test yourself against Parramatta, and it's a good test, as you said. It's Monday. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a blockbuster game. It, it gives you a calculation of where they're at. Anthony Griffin has to do nothing this week. They should go into this game with a lot of confidence. Yeah. You know, it's back of three wins, coming up against a Parramatta side that's undefeated. Yeah. As you said, probably, you know, no one will probably expect no. the Dragons to win anyway. So you know, I think they can, you know, they can cause an upset if they're on. 
Charity Shield feels like a long time ago, all of a sudden, doesn't it? Oh, they beat by 50, we'll sack the <laughs> yeah. coach, we'll get rid yeah. of him. What are we doing? <laughs> As we head into round five, and round five action does kick off on Thursday night. You don't need to miss a moment of the footy. You can catch it across Channel 9, Fox Sports, KO, Sky Sports, New Zealand, and, of course, watch NRL for our international viewers. Before we wrap up, guys, and I am going to ask uh -huh. for your round five predictions in just a moment's time, are we seeing one month into the competition a gap really starting to open up between, say, the top six, the next six, and then the bottom few. Yes. Yeah, I think so yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I, and, and we were talking about it before, like we talked about referencing teams bits and pieces. The reason why the top six are the top six is because they identify when the play the balls are won and lost and they play footy over the advantage mm. run, they've got better skill. Don't worry, the top six sides play football, play what's in front of them. Eyes up that it's not structure, it's not slow, it's not, oh, hang on, we've got to go here to here to here. Mm. And definitely the bottom sides have fallen way off the wagon. So that means, Robbie, we've ultimately got six sides fighting for, what, those last two spots in the eight? Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. When you look at, you know, the top teams, you'd like to think that, you know, barring some sort of disaster, they'll all be in the top eight. So, you know, those four or five sides or, or six sides in the, middle of the, in the middle of the pack are going to be fighting for a couple of spots. And that adds some extra intrigue. Two games like the Titans, Knights this weekend. Plenty of footy, plenty to play for, that is for sure. Make sure you catch all of the Round 5 action. And what's our prediction? What's the headline going to be coming out of Round 5? There'll be three full-backs that'll score doubles this weekend. Mitchell, Brimson, Pappenhausen. All doubles. I, I love that you always go that extra mile with me. your That's predictions as well. You don't just go three full-backs. No, gonna name I'm going to name him yeah, as well, yeah. you know, because when I get it right that once, it's going to be a big statement. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going, I'm going nice and simple this week. I think the Raiders will upset the Panthers. I think Sticky will, will have his side fired up to, to get a big scalp and uh, no better way than to, to come up against the Panthers side that are red hot. And I think Sticky will, um, will mastermind a victory. I could do with a little boost to my footy tipping already, oh, let me tell you. That might be the one. Enjoy all of the round five action. Gems, thank you so much. See you again next week. You won't see me next week, oh. so I'm away. Don't miss me too oh. much, guys. Yeah. Enjoy. I'm Enjoy Tasmania. <laughs> tough, tough life. work. Has. <laughs> Absolutely. Enjoy all of the footy. We look forward to seeing you back here on NRL Teams next Tuesday. Goodbye.